Hi, and welcome to this bonus edition of Seeking Sustainability Live. This month, we are focused on clean oceans, talking to people in Japan and across the world who are doing cleanup activities. In this episode, we talk to Dave Enright. He moved from the beautiful mountains in Canada to the beautiful mountains of Hakuba in Japan. And here he's talking about some of the situation in his beautiful area of Nagano in the mountains and the riverside cleanups that he and his crew regularly take part in as a part of the outdoor activity experiences that they offer from Evergreen Outdoor Center, his company. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Beautiful day there. It's a, a gorgeous day here in Hakuba in uh, the Nagano Northern Japanese Alps. We're uh, over in Goryu, uh, which is part of uh, Hakuba. We're just doing some tree climbing right now with, uh, with some kids. Wow, and, how uh, fun! Yeah, there's uh, a big beer marche festival going off here. It happens every year. Last year it didn't happen because of Corona, but this year they've decided to do it. So. That's good. Awesome. So what what do they do for tree climbing? It looks like you got some oh, swingers. You can, see, you can see this little guy here. Oh, yeah? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> He's got all his safety gear on. Cute. We got one more over here. Hey! Nice. Climbing up the tree. And that's sort of the venue right down here right now. Wow, looks like a great event. And yeah, you can see- people out. Beautiful, uh, beautiful weather. We just had the, uh, the hack of a hip hop group uh, just do a bunch of dancing. And uh, there's a few uh, bands up today. And uh, yeah, things are kind of, kind of back to normal other than everyone's wearing masks and then pulling them down <laughs> to drink beer. Yeah, and uh, was it yesterday that you did your adventure style Riverside clean? Well, yeah, I mean, we went down there. Obviously, we picked up a few things that were kind of right in the in the water, but uh, there's just so much, JJ. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, we, we, we'd fill up a raft right away, and, and the thing is, the next rainstorm, it would get filled back up again. So, you know, the big thing is, is that we all really have to do our part and reduce, you know, single-use uh, plastics, you know? Um, because that's what it is. I mean, it's all pet bottles with their caps on and, uh, you know, just floating downstream. It's uh, agricultural uh, waste, whether it be bags for fertilizer or uh, the greenhouse, uh, the greenhouse sort of plastics or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and just every time there's a rain or there's a windstorm, it just blows in the lowest place, which is the rivers and gets caught in the trees. Uh, in the rivers and then it uh, unfortunately makes its way out to the sea so yeah it, it's really well, it's really up to us to you know really just get rid of single-use plastics otherwise no matter how much cleanup we we uh, pride ourselves on doing it's just gonna come back unfortunately so, that's right do yeah. you do you in your programs do you try to encourage the kids to have their own suito like water bottles and stuff oh of course yeah yeah, that's that's on our for our um, for our summer camp program. They they have to bring a a, a thermos 
um, style bottle um, that uh, they can fill up with uh, cold water each day and it stays cold in the thermos, right? Um, you know, they have to have their own little backpack and there's a few a few things that they need to have. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult right now because, you know, the mainstream is still using plastic, whereas, you know, there's still, there are solutions. We do have cellulose solutions, you know, coming from, uh, from hemp seed and uh, fibers uh, that are now being sold. Um, they can be used, reusable Ziploc bags that are made out of cell- cellulose and not out of uh, petroleum products. These types of things are available. It's just they're not, they're not really on the main market for us. You kind of have to go looking for them. So you kind of have to put a little bit of time and effort into these things. Otherwise, yeah, it's, uh, it's really hard. And, you know, even at these, um, at these events, you know, it's plastic cups. And, you know, people are asked to bring their own cup. And this year with Corona, it's like, oh, we don't really want to touch other people's cups. So we use a clean cup. And so even though there's not as much air travel right now, there's a whole lot more disposable uh, stuff being used uh, in, you know, because of because of Corona. So, you know, it's catch there, 20. Yeah, for sure. There are some initiatives. I know Kamikatsu in Tokushima and Shikoku Island is doing. There's a group here in Hiroshima, which is also doing. They rent out these reusable cups for events and stuff. But I think, nice. like you said, during Corona time, it's a little bit tricky to have reusable things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully if everyone has their own cup and the thing is, is here, obviously someone's pouring into their cup and then they drink and then there's probably not a chance to wash it and then they give it back to someone else. And and so obviously in that case, it's better for them just to have a whole stack of uh, fresh cups. Um, and then, you know, as an event organizer, I guess, the, you know, the people here, they look at what are the costs of the, the cellulose cups. And uh, they're probably about four or five times more expensive than the plastic cups. So it adds up for people doing events. But these are the types of things we need to think about and uh, put that into our our cost budgets and, and, uh, yeah, really try to make some difference. It's uh, it's always hard, but uh, things are with what you're doing with outdoor adventures and outdoor programs and when you think about people doing camping uh hiking these these are activities where people are kind of using their own reusable things and using things that are less single use right so it seems like of all the programs of all the attractions that we could change it seems like outdoor adventures should be an easier sell. Is it? Is it too much of an ask to ask people to bring their own cup for drinks and beer at a festival? <laughs> That's a nice no, step, isn't it? No, it's 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 not. Um, and and you still do see people with their own cups. Um, one of the things that um, this festival has been good about in the past is that um, they'll sell. Uh, a book of tickets with a glass, like a, you know, memorial glass that uh, you go around with. But I think because of Corona this year, um, they're they're not doing that as much. I think they're they're feeling that for safety's reasons, um, you know, having having things out of plastic cups, uh, single use, 
is a a safer bet for now. So, but in general, yes, that's what they were doing, and uh, they were promoting the use of of these reusable. Um, and then very nice, you know, they all they had uh, the design on on the front of the glass and kind of collector's items. Really, if you have like over the last five or six years that they've been running the 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 event, then you'd have all the glasses. It's kind of uh, it's kind of cool. That is cool. It's like an added value, right? You've got a souvenir from the event that you can take home and use many times and remember your nice experience. I love that. Yeah, it's correct. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I went to the States, there's is it I wanna say it right, Muir, the Muir Forest. It's like a protected Muir, forest yeah. area. Muir. Yeah. And it's just a gorgeous forested area. And their souvenir in the cafe and shop is very similar. It's a waste wood. When they have to trim the trees, they use the wood to make cups. And then if you buy a certain level of drink, you get to take the cup home with you. I nice. just, I love that idea. It's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you're doing at the festival besides the tree climbing? What do you usually do? Well, once the ropes get put away, I think most people start to drink some beer. But yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of locally produced uh, craft beers. So within Nagano now, I think we have close to about 10 or 12 places producing craft beer. Nice. Uh, which is which is uh, which is great, you know, using local uh, local water and uh, sometimes even uh, sometimes local hops, but most of the hops are brought in from overseas. But uh, obviously, we're not having to bring water in from overseas, so it's a whole lot less uh, packaging and and a whole lot of whole lot less water being transported across the world and extending uh, diesel. So, yeah, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't think about that when they're buying products. Really, you go okay, I'll buy this bottle of water, or I'll buy this beer, or I'll buy this brand of something. But we have to remember that all of those things have to be transported either by air, freight, or by sea. And it's burning a lot of fossil fuels to get us here. So it's really important for people to think about their supply chain of whether it's for their business or just whether it's for their home. And uh, I think that's something that people need to think about a little bit more and try to buy Japanese uh, produce as much as possible. Things that have been produced in Japan, um, you know, buying buying beverages from here rather than buying beverages that are coming in from North America, Europe, uh, or other places, yeah. um, I think is, is, I, really, is important. I know those things are great and uh, a lot of them are delicious, but there's just as many delicious things here or sometimes even more delicious uh, in Japan. So, Yeah, and you, you know it well because you were running a cafe, you were running a bar as well as a yeah. guest house. So, yep. so you're you're used to sourcing locally, and and you know that that has a bigger appeal for the international visitor too, right? Yeah, most people, you know, they're coming to Japan, so they'd like to have Japanese things. So, Japanese beer, Japanese wine, Japanese produce, uh, whatever it, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, they're and for the for the culture, and also get some of the uh, uh, some of the goods as well rather than bringing them all the way in. Um, yeah. Someone coming from Australia doesn't really specifically need to have Australian beef, right? So. Yeah. 
No, you got a lot of local uh, veggies and, and even local beef if you want it. Uh, or eat inu shishi, which is an invasive species right now for a lot of farmers. <laughs> if you eat meat, uh, wild meat, maybe the way to go. Uh, Dave, I'm going to show the video that you sent me yesterday of you guys doing talking about the cleanup. Do you want to just introduce the video before I show it? Sure. I tried to send you another one as well with uh, some things along the shore um, where you can see how high the, uh, the river gets in flood. Um, and uh, when river's in flood, obviously all the small little drains and creeks and everything that are along the roadside fill up with water and then carry everything down to the rivers. So what happens is when the rivers are in flood, there's a lot of garbage that's going down the river as well at the same time. Uh, and most of that is plastic. Some of it uh, might be uh, metals or wood or, or those types of things, but a lot of it is plastic. Um, and uh, probably the video that you have is one of the corners that probably produces a big sort of eddy or uh, what we call a sort of still or backwash water. And it's just full of pet bottles and sticks. So basically anything that floats on top of the water will make its way into these eddies and then we'll just hang out there until the next flood and then until it possibly gets washed away or or basically disintegrates back into the water and we have microplastics in the water. So not not great in any in any sense, of course. Uh, basically just showing you sort of where we were and and uh, the river was absolutely beautiful yesterday. Um, the water was so green and so clear and and uh, just gorgeous. And then you go up along the banks and you find the, the garbage from when it's flooding. And yeah, it's, it's kind of unfortunate for sure uh, to see that. And, and for your business, running a outdoor-based business, it's very important that you also think about the pristine of the environment because of course, if there is a lot of trash, that'll turn people off wanting to come, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think, in one sense, it, it does, um, of course. In another sense, it also uh, gives people a little bit more of a, an idea that when they're back at home, that their their uh, actions really count for something. Um, that when they go on a guided trip and they see just the amount of plastic that gets washed into a river, um, of course, that takes away something from... I guess the river experience, but hopefully it hits home a little bit about how much single-use plastic ends up in these waterways. And so people hopefully go home with an idea that I need to reduce my consumption of these single-use water, uh, single-use uh, plastics. Do you see any solutions happening in Canada where you grew up, um, which might work in Hakuba as well, or pretty much about the same level for plastic pollution in the rivers? Well, I mean, there has been talk about just banning it outright. Um, you know, some communities have banned pet bottles, um, have banned plastic bags um, and packaging at, at supermarkets. Uh, I think that's a long step still for Japan. Obviously, you know, the, the, the country went to charging people for plastic bags um, to reduce the amount of just um, consumer bags to shopping bags. But if you look at all the packaging that things are already in, uh, it's, a, it's a very small step. But it is, it is 
you know, that first step is always a large step. So I, I still think that it was the right step to make. And now I think it's really up to um, all of these large supermarkets, all of these uh, places that that then have the packaging and, and all of the, uh, the food companies, uh, all of the um, appliance companies, it, it, they really need to take back this garbage. We need to um, either have more of a circular uh, style of packaging that things are reused and not just recycled. Um, otherwise, it's just we need to reduce uh, immensely. Uh, and, you know, in Canada, there's a, there's a lot of places that you have to bring your own bags. There aren't bags at the, at the grocery uh, supermarket. And, um, you know, here, just not doing that. So, um, you know, if you have bulk uh, nuts or you have bulk this, I mean, geez, I mean, I remember Super Value and Costco and, and Save On Foods and whatever, the, all the big places when I was a child all had, all had uh, you know, the bulk sections that you know you had rows and rows of tubs um and you just filled up you know your own bags or your own tupperware that you did and they weighed it and and that's how that's how it was done 30 years ago um so this isn't a new concept um it's just unfortunately it's uh the lack of um people just sticking to something or convenience um, it's, it's hard, you know, you have to kind of pre-plan when you go to the supermarket that you're going to take all these bags and this bag and that bag before you go. Um, otherwise when you get there, yeah, you either can't purchase something or you have to use, again, single-use plastic bags to put your things into. So I, I, if I forget my bag, I just carry it. And if I have too much to carry, I do the old childhood uh, t-shirt trick. You just pull your shirt out, you put it at like a little kangaroo pouch. Works yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome. The, um, other day I, the other day I went into, uh, into the store with my, uh, with my kayak spray deck, uh, which is like a skirt around you, and, and just went in with my spray deck and, and pulled that up and put it all in there, like the uh, kangaroo pouch. Awesome. Well, so that, okay well. yeah. that works perfectly fine. Um, yeah. So this this video that we're going to see, uh, this river, and then we see your raft a little bit. So do you do rafting tours down this river that we're going to see? Yeah, this is the Saigawa. This is actually one of the tributaries for the Shinanogawa, which is the longest river in Japan. Um, and uh, yeah, this section of, of river is sort of uh, large flow, uh, class one, class two river. So it's, it's really nice for families and it's great for our camps. Um, and uh, there's always lots of uh, water in it. So you're not pulling boats over rocks in the summertime as water level drops like a lot of other rivers around for sure and where does this river go to does it hit the sea yeah so uh, at some point starts, not too far away it basically starts um from omachi which is the other side of a little hill a divider hill between hakaba and omachi in lake aokiko where we do all of our canoe and kayak and sup and our uh, hotaru firefly 
uh, tours with people. And uh, it's just an absolutely beautiful lake, uh, beautiful blue azure color. And it starts from there. The spring waters from there is one of the the uh, the headwaters. And um, of course, out of the mountains from the Northern Alps and from Matsumoto, everything flows uh, back towards Nagano City, out to the north, uh, and then those uh, those rivers all add up, and and uh, the Saigawa flows into what's called the Chikumagawa, and the Chikumagawa, when it uh, goes across the Nagano Niigata border, turns into the Shinanogawa, that uh, then enters the Japan Sea uh, through Niigata City, um, and uh, yeah, huge uh, huge river, obviously uh, the longest in Japan, and uh, and quite quite famous for many samurai battles and and uh, different things that happened along its uh, banks. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. The rivers the rivers are such an important part of tackling ocean plastics. We mm -hmm. we know from scientific surveys that eighty percent of yeah. the ocean plastics in the big big patches originally came from rivers so yeah. what what you guys are doing cleaning up the rivers is so important but we need more people cleaning there's too much to do right yeah yeah there's uh it, you mean like i said in the video it really needs a major initiative um a few a few things taken out of the river isn't going to make a, a huge initiative or a huge impact Obviously, you know, it feels good and whatever, but then it's going back and incinerated because by that point, most of these plastics can't be recycled unless uh, there's some way of uh, properly recycling, you know, trashed plastic. Um, and uh, like I said, it's, it's just we need to reduce the amount of single-use plastic, and that's really the only answer. Yeah turn turn off the tap i would love to see in beautiful natural areas like urine or at the beach where i was today doing a cleanup that at least at the vending machines they stop selling the pet bottles that they only yeah. have uh, bottles that you drink and you put back to reuse right there that would be a huge step forward yeah and you wouldn't I mean, you wouldn't see it I in know, the water i know there already are those refill stations and and that's one thing um, I believe there's a there's a couple in in Japan you might have had them on here about they're doing their water refill stations around Japan is it my that? my Mizu the app my Mizu yeah 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 they're awesome where you can get where you can get water and all that sort of stuff so don't you remember the old Coke machines, even in Japan, right? Where yeah. you buy your drink from the machine, you take it out in the bottle, you drink it, and you put it right back in the crate. It gets re washed and reused. That right. is the perfect system. We need it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just stop drinking Coke. <laughs> yeah. But you that's, can have anything in there. That's, you that's the perfect system right there. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see vending machines that also have a, a like a tap where you could use your own bottle and refill with like sparkling water or drinking water. That would be great. Yeah, that would be yeah. that would be awesome. All right, let's show your video and then we'll say goodbye after. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, JJ. All right, so thanks, here we are Dave. On the beautiful Saigawa. Unfortunately, along the banks. We can see a lot of float sound and along with the wood 
and bamboo. We get a lot of pet bottles, styrofoam, plastic bags, children's volleyballs, old trolley, carts, of course your regular styrofoam. And then of course things that were actually put here like the tetrapods, which we have about a kilometer's worth of on this corner to protect from erosion along with this absolutely beautiful water coming out of the mountains of the northern Japanese Alps. Unfortunately, there's just so much that makes its way out of areas like rice fields and you can see on this side of the river the plastic covered greenhouses that get blown away or washed away in storms and end up in the river. There's a lot to be cleaned up. Can it be cleaned up? Yes, major initiatives could do it. Can we carry all of this back in our raft today? Probably not. The biggest thing is, is to try and stop the use of single-use plastics and have a proper disposal of it and not just throw it out your car window so it ends up in the drain, which ends up in the river, which ends up in the ocean, which we're trying to prevent from happening. Anyways, that's Dave here in Nagano. Out for now. Thanks, JJ, for getting this info out. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. That's awesome, Dave. Thanks so much. It's amazing that you find volleyballs, you find like household <laughs> household waste, you find all sorts of things at that beautiful, like pristine yeah. outdoor location. But it, it all comes into the waterways, right? Yeah, I found a really cool little elephant watering can too. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I think it's important for people to realize that whatever they're using, even inside their house, even if they put it out on garbage day, sometimes it does blow into the rivers and then it does end up in the ocean. So not choosing plastic packaging whenever possible is definitely something we can all do to help, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah whenever, whenever you have the chance to. I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to feel, you know, guilty or give people a guilt trip or that sort of stuff on, on things. It's just, you got to do as much as you can do. And, uh, and, right, and right now we just got to try a little bit harder than, than we have been. And that's everyone. That's me, myself. That's everyone. That's, uh, we can, we can do better and we have to do better. Um, otherwise, yeah, we're just really just trashing the planet. Yeah. And there, there is no planet B. There isn't. There really isn't. Thank you so much, Dave, for all you do. Thanks for joining us today. Go all and right. enjoy the rest of your day outdoors. Looks amazing. All right. Thanks, JJ. Talk to you Have again. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining today. What was your favorite part? 
Why don't you write a question or comment below and I'll reply or I'll get the guests to reply as well. If you liked this video, please think about sharing it, liking, subscribe, comment, join to support the series. I really appreciate your support and your enthusiasm for seeking sustainability wherever you live. And I really hope that this talk show series can give you new ideas, new insights, about innovation and different topics which are connected in some way to creating a better quality of life for people, better quality of environment, and getting enough income and still supporting the economy. I always appreciate the comments and questions, so if you have anything to say, make sure you write it below. I'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Take care.